I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 187 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss online audio podcast recording services. I hope you downloaded last week's Better Podcasting download so that you can play it again, because we've got a longer featured segment this week, which means there's no Better Podcasting download this show. And finally, in this week's Better Pod Back, we have an email from somebody who actually understood one of Stephen's obscure Canadian references. Lord, start this obscure show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting, a show where we talk about podcast tips, tools, and best practices to help you succeed with your podcast. What makes us different? Well, just like you, we podcast purely out of the love and fun of it. Podcasting is our hobby, and we recognize that it's yours too. We always encourage your questions and feedback, and you can find all of our contact information at betterpodcasting.com. Here's your host for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to another episode of Better Podcasting. Stargate Pioneer is here this week and joining him is me, Stephen John Drew. We're here to have a lot of fun talking about podcasting. And one of the ways that we start things off is with a how I save my podcast story, which is actually really SP's baby. It's good to have a baby around the house since all my kids are old enough to have their own babies. So yeah, no more babies in my house except for this little segment. By the way, Stephen, did you know that you can get better podcasting for free? We are a free show. Did you know that? I did. I did know that you could get it for free because I literally record it and edit it. So even if I was charging others for it, I would still get it for free. Oh, but our listeners could get it for free. Because all they have to do is go to your, you know, wherever you download podcasts for, and it's for free. In hindsight, actually, yes, the listeners can get this for free, but you and me can't get it for free because we paid a podcast for our hobby. So really, we're the ones that don't get it for free. <laughs> we No, we don't get it for free. That's not the how I say my <laughs> podcast story, by the way. I just wanted to tell our listeners we got this show for free for them, and it's not free for us. But. We do have a how I could have saved my podcast story. This is the part of the show where we go into what is happening in your world and how you have saved your podcast so we can talk about it, share with the class, learn so that we could hopefully not repeat said mistake. Although I have to admit, even after doing a how I saved my podcast story, I think I did the same mistake again. So not even us are immune for it, but hopefully this gets it fewer and far between. The How I Could Have Saved My Podcast story this week starts out with a Reddit post. This was from the podcast subreddit and it was posted by WQXFM. And the title of the post was, My co-host just quit on me. Should I even bother? Here's the post. Quote, We have about eight episodes banked and we're scheduled to release them this week. Then when I went to meet up with him to record over the weekend, he tells me he doesn't want to do it anymore. I guess he didn't understand what was he was getting into, and it started giving him really bad anxiety. I'm not mad at him or anything, but should I even bother with this project anymore? 
I really like interviewing people, conducting conversations, and even the tenaciousness of editing is fun for me. But I'm also about to start school in the fall, and the main reason I agreed to do this in the first place was to make something with a friend. Now that I'm all by myself, I don't know if it's even worth the hassle, unquote. This was a great post, and I will give all props to the people in the podcast subreddit because they really encouraged him. First of all, they said, don't do it if your heart's not really into it. But there was a bunch of other posts that, hey, say, hey, you can do this. If you really like doing this, you can do this. So about a day later, WQXFM came back and he said, the more I read this thread, the more I think that's actually what I'm going to do. Thank you and everyone else on here. Y'all are really helping me out right now. I think it's great. And I think that we do need to help encourage others as long as we're dealing within the realistic scope of what it takes to do podcasting. We're big believers here of making it no secret that you'll put money into your podcasting in some way. You'll put your time in in a lot of ways and you'll probably suffer in some ways as well. And as long as people are prepared to do that, like let's just encourage them because that's how you get great content. If the same circles are making podcasts over and over, you get the same sort of show everywhere. Getting fresh blood into the industry is good. It's really good because it's a whole new set of views coming there. And I think that this is really, really cool to see. The only thing that I, I will always mention, I know we just mentioned this a few episodes ago, but I will always mention this when a podcast is starting out and you started it with a friend, always consider legal sides of things because you don't have that big of a back catalog. And if you're worried about a legal attachment, now might be the time to go and and shift it to a new name. You can still do the same type of show, but just uh, keep that in mind, all of the possible legal aspects that could be if you both created that show originally. I, I love seeing this encouragement, though, SP. Thanks for bringing it up here. You bet. And you bring up a great point about if the same people keep on giving the same content over and over again, there's no innovation in the space at all. And I just want to bring up that I ran into a podcast that I was not prepared for in the past couple of weeks called The Phenomena. It's a audio drama podcast, and I love sci-fi, and this is sci-fi, a little bit of horror, but a lot of sci-fi. And I'm almost all the way through season two. Season three is coming out later this year. The audio drama is out there. This is a hobby audio drama, by the way. This is produced like people you and me. This is professionally done. It is amazing what can be done with people as a hobby or just a home recording these days. So to WQXFM, I say, if you ever hear this, I hope that your podcast goes well. If you ever need some help, come on and ask us a question and we'll try to answer it as best we can. If you have a How I Save My Podcast story of your own, please send it to us so that we don't have to always dig into the internet ether to get show, uh, stories like this, but please send it to us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Or if you want to come by our Discord server, you can. It's betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We'd love to see you over there. That's the gunageek.com Discord server, but we've got our own Better Podcasting section there. We'd love to see you there, and you can submit your How I Save My Podcast story to us. We absolutely want to hear from you, and it could be something like this, or it could be just something minor. Please do send that to us. Let's go ahead and move on to our featured segment. Hey, 
Podcasting at its core has been an audio medium for the bulk of its close to 15-year history now. It's almost 15 years. And since Better Podcasting at its core is a how-to podcast for hobby podcasters, every so often we feel compelled to discuss just how to record audio. We've discussed this topic before. There was Better Podcasting episode number two when we discussed the recording process. There was episode number 69 where we discussed the podcast recording services at the time. There was episode 134 where we discussed podcasting without a computer. So if you're interested in recording into your iPad, iPod, tablet, smartphone, or audio recorder, we talked about that. And your Zoom. Yeah, I don't <laughs> own a Zoom, Stephen, although that would be kind of cool. I think I hear that kind of pricey after Guardians of the Galaxy 2, by the way. And there there was Better Podcasting episode number 149, which was titled Recording Quality Podcast Audio. So we've definitely touched on this topic before. We'll touch on this topic again. But every once in a while, we want to return to the topic. And some reasons why includes maybe there's some change in the space, in the podcasting space regarding this technology. Maybe the technology has improved, more stable computers, better internet connections, more storage available, that sort of thing. Maybe there's new capabilities that emerge. Maybe there is a discussion that we need to have on a specific aspect that we have not previously covered in one of our previous discussions about it. Or maybe it's because there has been the death of a product that we highlighted before, RIP Blab. In this case, in this episode, in the past few years, we've seen the rise of online podcast recording services. And we have also told you, or you have told us through polls and communicating with us, that you mostly record audio to be published as a podcast later. So most of you listening to the show, that is how you podcast, at least now in June of 2019. So this week, we're going to discuss online audio podcast recording services, why they're useful, what are the differences between the audio podcast recording services and hardware and software recorders, some pros and cons of using an online podcast audio recording application or service, and some specific options that are available today. So Stephen, why don't you start us off by talking about the usefulness of these services? For sure. And every so often we do pause and remember what the podcasting space was like when it first started many, many years ago. Like we've said before, this podcast has gone on for 65 years now and uh, online audio podcasting recording services weren't available when podcasting really started. And the thing is, though, reliability, quality and costs were all issues for podcasters back then, especially when you consider some of what online podcast solutions can do today. Most of the technology that you saw within the podcast space 15 years ago, we'll round up, uh, was really mostly technology that was adopted and, and changed from television and radio industries. And sometimes this equipment and technology was very expensive. If you were around way back then, even you know when I started 10 years ago, uh, you had people who were dreaming of things like owning a JK Audio Universal Host digital driver so that they could bridge into a house telephone. And there were people who also were dreaming of spending thousands of dollars to create a, quote, Skyposaurus, end quote, so that they could have a true 
multi-track recording system where they could have multiple hosts connected through Skype and be able to record all of those tracks individually. And this was the thing that a lot of people had for ambitions way back then. Now, while you can still find ways to do both of these if necessary, and I will say arguably if you are going to go either of these routes, they are a lot easier to do now. Thankfully, they're not the only ways to get the job done of recording the podcast with multiple participants anymore who are geographically separated. Online podcast recording services help keep everybody in a simple, singular program and platform, making it much easier to do group audio chats so that the production process for podcasting is easier and less complex for the producer. This way, online podcast recording services will help keep your setup light and mobile so there's no need to bring a mini version of your home studio with you when you're on the road. And most of these services you can actually use simply by plugging in a USB microphone like the Samsung Q2U. But if you're looking to be able to have a complicated setup on your end, uh, these services can still be for you. Now, depending on the service you use and the hardware you already have in place, the online podcast recording service can simply provide a backup recording for you to use just in case. Side note, you can never have too many backups. There was one case in 2014 that I used the seventh, eighth or ninth backup recording in order to get a podcast out. So yes, I have used multiple backups before successfully. So has Steven. So let's now talk about the differences between what we're talking about, the online podcast, audio recording services, software recording services, which we've used before and hardware recorders, which both Steven and I are using right now. Wait, what? You don't understand what the differences are? This is your first episode of Better Podcasting? Well, that's great. Welcome to Better Podcasting, first of all. We hope you enjoy your stay here. And then also, let's go into some definitions so that you get a sense of what we are talking about in case you're unfamiliar with it. Okay, hardware recorders. What is it? This is a piece of hardware that is simply dedicated to recording audio as its primary purpose. For example, Zoom devices such as the Zoom H1, Zoom H5, which I'm holding here right now, Zoom H6, which I am using to record our audio right now. And Steven is using his Zoom L12. Those are all dedicated devices that will record audio in the Zoom L12 case. You can also mix audio. Actually, with the Zoom H5 and H6, it is also a primitive mixer, but I wouldn't term it as a mixer. But in any case, you can record audio directly on the device without any other programs ongoing. Another device which kind of fits this mold I'll throw in there is the Rodecaster Pro. We've talked about it before. It is still evolving. And while technically this is primarily a mixing device, it also does record in addition to some processing because it has that onboard AFAX processing. For those video viewers, you are watching Steven hold up and possibly lick, you his Rodecaster Pro. In any case, since that's all this device does I will lump it into a dedicated device for hardware recording. It's not like you can stream video to YouTube from it, at least not until a future firmware update. Ha ha ha. That's just in reference to those long-term listeners of podcasting <laughs> that have noticed that there has been several firmware updates that it has increased the functionality of the Roadcaster Pro since it was released last year. Or it's not like you can play video games with it. 
at least not until there's a future firmware update, because I'm sure they've got that nice little display on it. I bet you could have some sort of a video game played on it. In any case, I will lump that into a hardware recorder for the purposes of this definition. And also another great example would be some things like the Sound Devices Mix Pre 3 or the Sound Devices Mix Pre 6, neither of which either of us have, but I will tell you it is on my wish list to get uh, at least the Mix Pre 3, probably the Mix Pre 6. As soon as it goes on sale, I can afford it, that sort of thing. So that is the hardware recorder. Steven, you want to run down the software recorders for our listeners? I absolutely will. A uh, software recorder is a, essentially a program or a piece of software that runs locally on your PC or your laptop, your Mac, basically a piece of software running on like a, a computer that you've got. Digital audio workstations would qualify as this, for example, Reaper or Avid Pro Tools or Apple Logic Pro, uh, Audacity, Audition. These things are all traditional ways that you would software record your podcast. But there's also things like Skype backup recorders, which also fill, fit the bill. There are pieces of software that run that hook into your Skype session to automatically record the audio from the Skype session like Ever and MP3 Skype Recorder. Essentially what happens is this software is a way to get the file recorded onto your PC, and most of this software will be limited in the total amount of tracks that can be recorded by the total amount of inputs that is being seen by that PC. And I say that because when you think about the way that software works, is that sometimes there has been evolutions that we've seen with possibly separating some of those audio streams. And when that ends up happening, they are essentially becoming digital inputs to your computer. I won't get into the technical details of this, but Skype NDI would sort of be an example of a digital input. Traditionally though, most of the time it ends up being a physical audio input that you're recording into one of these pieces of software. Now the thing with software recorders is that the results can be impacted by the hardware capability of your computer and other things like your internet con connection. It's something that if you end up having a computer that doesn't really meet the requirements for recording audio and having the connection with people, you might start to find there's all sorts of trouble that does come from this that I'll talk about in a minute. The other thing to worth consider that's worth considering is a lot of times with software recorders, you end up with some form of auto-ducking, meaning that sometimes you'll end up getting a track where if someone starts speaking over another, that one participant ends up being brought down almost non-existent in the track, which can cause problems later when you're editing. Hardware recorders traditionally won't have this issue with auto-ducking depending on the communication, because sometimes that problem can be limited to the connection the method that you're connecting to your partner. One other issue that can sometimes come up is what's called audio drift. And this can happen when you end up having multiple local DAW audio recordings being used, like a multi-track audio recording system going on. If you end up having a computer that can't handle that or doesn't handle that properly, you might get to the end and like, for example, this show, I might have a look and SP falls out of sync with me and that's going to be a pain when it comes to editing, especially if you do end up not having a powerful enough computer. 
You can have it happen across all of the tracks too, where all of a sudden you have dropouts and you miss whole sections. I have had that. Uh, I will say from every single audio software recording method that I've ever used, and this includes with people who I, I podcast with using audio software recording methods, every single one of them at one point in our podcasting together, I have had a whole section of conversation drop out because their software recorder glitched out part of the way. It's just the nature of the beast. It does happen. Another issue that you can run in with audio drift using multiple DAWs over multiple computers using a technique called double ending or multiple ending is that one computer can get out of sync with the other recording on the other computer. And this is one of the main reasons why we advocate getting a reference track of the entire recording on your computer. So you're recording yourself and then a reference track. You can do this through like a Skype recorder. They used to have the stereo mode, still do if you use it, where you can record yourself on one track and then everybody else on the other track. We, re we definitely recommend that you get that reference track so that if you do get out of sync, that you can have that reference track and in post-production, you can move that audio around in segments to better meet exactly what's going on and you don't end up with the over-speak or over-talk or misaligned conversations that you hear both people talking at the same time and you know when they were recording, both people were not talking at the same time. It's that sort of thing that you're trying to fix. And uh, since this is all done in post-production, that's with the common saying that I've been saying quite a bit for the last month, say, well, fix it in post. So now we're going to move on to the definition of audio online podcast recording services. And this is where we're going to talk about the technical specifications and the circumstances around the services. And for this episode, we're going to say that the audio services, just because we did a video revisit less than a year ago, although just barely, but less than a year ago in episode. Yeah, okay. He said it counts in episode number 138 of better podcasting. We revisited video podcasting and recording, and we'll probably do it again. But that is one thing that we're not going to talk about in this episode. We're going to focus on audio. So as a recap, an audio online podcast recording service is a service that provides capability to connect to other people over the internet and record audio either locally or through multiple geographically separated locations. And services that we've mentioned on this podcast before include TriCast or Cast, it's known as Cast, Squadcast, Ringer, and uh, some of these services can go between mobile and PC platforms. Some of these services record in the cloud and then download afterwards. And some of these services record locally to a PC or multiple PCs and could be subjected to loss of audio quality and audio drift, just as we were discussing before. But that is what an online audio podcast recording service is by definition. You missed one, by the way, SP. Uh, you forgot yeah. about the one where they pay SP $30,000 an episode to record the participants. I think that that was one that we've mentioned before, too, paying you $30,000 an episode. I think that would get a half an hour of my time, yeah. <laughs> well, moving on here, let's talk a little bit about some advantages and disadvantages of using an online podcast recording service aside from spending $30,000 for half hour and an hour for SP. Uh, in the past, we have talked a little bit about some of these advantages and disadvantages, and we'll just go ahead and keep it simple as such just to recap, especially for those new listeners checking us out 
for the first time, advantages. Number one, you can enable multi-track recording for geographically separated co-hosts and guests, reducing the need for expensive hardware to help stitch it all together. There's often a simplified way of recording background chat, and also uh, you can simplify production work and hardware that's required by using an online service. You also have the possibility of using more mobile applications. Because if you go and you build your studio around a Zoom L12 with lots of physical hardware, not that easy to do that mobily. If you build it around an online service, might be easier. Some disadvantages, though, is that it can be more subject to audio drift just because the nature of the technology that's required. It can also be more subjected to local PC hardware limits, such as the ones that we mentioned earlier. If you ever watch a lot of live streaming content, if you see people using these online services, a lot of times you'll hear them cut out all of a sudden because of the fact that they're still relatively new and they seem to all be subject to this, where just you get the wrong set of hardware or the wrong connection, and all of a sudden you have people who are cutting out or suffering from hardware limits. It also is, of course, going to depend on that healthy internet connection because of the fact that you need to be able to put up audio into the connection service so that it can receive good audio. And if you don't have a good internet connection, you're probably not going to do that. As well, the auto-ducking that we mentioned earlier can impact recording. And finally, the last thing that we want to mention is that a lot of these services are built on what's called the WebRTC architecture. And without proper coding and other precautions, this can lead to less audio quality, audio drifts, and dropouts. A lot of people do generalize saying that WebRTC can't handle it. I personally disagree with that statement, but I do believe that the intention of that statement is valid because of the mass way that we've seen people and companies execute the WebRTC infrastructure. Yeah, we've seen problems with WebRTC in the past with Zencaster. We've also seen it with Blab that was built on WebRTC. There was definitely some audio issues, drift issues with those applications. But there are other applications that use WebRTC that don't end up with the same issues. And one of those, and we're going to talk about the services now themselves, but one of those is CleanFeed. Now, CleanFeed was created for the professional radio market. I talked with one of the marks. It's kind of funny. There's two marks that are generally in charge of CleanFeed. And one of the marks actually sat down with me for a while, took me through CleanFeed, and he said, yeah, when we actually started this, we didn't even know what podcasting was, but we <laughs> realized the application of what podcast of what this service is for podcasters. So we definitely want to cater to podcasters as well, but most of their bills are paid by the professional industry. So the cost of a lot of the functionality in clean feed is actually free for now. They do have a multi-track capability that's currently in beta, but when they remove it from beta and Mark did not give me a timeline on when that was going to happen. He actually said, we're trying to push it off as long as possible, but at some point it won't be free anymore. They will move it to the clean feed pro plan, which right now is $34 per month, us dollars. So that is, if you go with the pro plan, there's plenty of other aspects of clean feed that will still be free. You can still do a mono recording, not a multi-track recording with all your guests, and that would still be free. 
So can you get a multi-track recording? Of course. Can you record in a lossless file format? Yes, they use WAVE. Is there a limit on participants? There's no hard limit, Mark was telling me, but he said due to the realities of connection bandwidth, I would not go over eight. And honestly, as a podcaster myself, I'm questioning why you'd really want to go over four. There have been instances, especially like even on Gonna Geek show that we have had five and I think maybe even six for a brief moment. So I could see that as long as everybody understood it was a roundtable discussion and you weren't trying to overspeak each other. But in general, I would say four would be about as much as I would want to do. He's saying he can he thinks it'll do eight. And it does depend on the internet connection. He did recommend don't use hotel internet. Don't go to your Starbucks or I forget what he called it, your your coffee cafe house or whatever. It's based in the UK. I can't remember what they call it over there. But he said, don't go use public Wi-Fi. Make sure that you're on a good, stable connection. And he said 4G connection, like over your phone, if you have access to 4G, it should be a stable enough connection for you to use this. So I was like, okay, there is a built-in soundboard, and I think this might be unique of all these services. I'm not completely sure about that, but this is, again, at the pro level. So if you didn't want to buy the hardware like Steven and I do, where we have dedicated iPads that go in through a mixer and then we record it into our recorders. And in Steven's case, the mixer and the recorder are the same thing. If you don't want to buy all that hardware and you just want to use the software, there is a soundboard that you can use to do live soundboard insertion on your podcast so that everybody can hear what you're talking about. Maybe it's a quote that you want everybody to hear. Yes, you can play it there. I always advocate changing those up and adding them again in post as well. But in case you want to do it using clean feed, you can do that. And it is unlimited, meaning you can use as much of it or as little of it as you need every week, every month. And there is no video connection. So this is a plus and a minus. So the plus is it saves on bandwidth. So you don't have to worry about that extra bandwidth with the video. But the negative is without the video, you don't have visual cues to start or stop speaking, leading to possible over-talking of each other. There currently is no mobile application that I could find. However, I did run into this nice little note on my iPhone when I tried to open up the clean feed. I basically was trying to connect with myself. I did, by the way, on my phone but I did so using the website, not an app. And it did say that there is a beta version which is in play right now. And I don't know if that's going to be a pro version or not when it eventually gets out of beta, but there is a potential mobile application for CleanFeed. So for $34 a month, it's, it's a bit pricey for a hobbyist, but you do get a lot for that $34. So that's CleanFeed. I'm going to move on to another application that a lot of people have talked about, and that is Squadcast.fm. So Squadcast's mission is to empower people to collaborate and connect using audio as a platform. The video is not recorded, but it is shown, and you can use a capture software to collect the video if you wanted. The video that I saw was just little boxes, and honestly, I didn't look into if you could enlarge those boxes to the point where we would do it on better podcasting or gonna geek where we would capture it either on a screen capture or through ndi or something like that i don't think ndi is useful here but 
the pro over clean feed is that you can actually see the people you are connecting to with really, really low latency. The con, of course, is extra bandwidth. And I did talk to one better podcasting listener who said that at one point he had to shut off the video in order to stabilize the audio connection. And that was Jonathan Bloon. He's been using Squadcast for about a year now. So the cost, there is a 14-day free trial. There is a $20 a month plan or a $200 a year plan. So you save two months out of that. You can get multi-track recordings. It is recorded in Wave, and it is recorded locally to your PC. And I've talked to several other Squadcast users in addition to Jonathan, and nobody has noted the dreadful audio drift from Squadcast. So it appears to be pretty solid. I haven't seen any posts on Reddit that deal with Squadcast audio drift either. So I think you're pretty safe there. It does record in Wave, as I said. Now it is limited to four people, so one host and three participants. And if you have to go over that four, like if you're doing a round table or something like that, I could see that being an issue. But for the most part, as I was saying before, four is a pretty nice number for a day-to-day activity. This company is based out of California. And the unique thing about Squadcast is you can actually schedule a future recording. You can send that scheduled recording to the person, your guest that you're trying to connect to, and they can have it on file and just connect when it's time to connect. So I thought that was pretty cool. The Squadcast right now only operates, as far as I could tell, I could be wrong about this, but only over Google Chrome. And there is a future expansion that I've noted that is going into Firefox and possibly mobile applications. For a backup, the audio is always loaded into the cloud. They do have a green room, so you can bring people in from the green room into the actual recording, meaning you can be connected and not record and then start recording. And it is through a PC for now. In the future, it will also sync to online storage like Dropbox, which would be interesting. So you would have very little load on your computer. What do you think about that, Stephen? I think that's That's a good concept. And that's something that I hope that we do see more of these people adapt is the idea to sync to online storage in specific. I think that uh, um, online storage right now is a whole other topic that is very, very divided and people are very tied to certain services. So I think that's a great idea. The next one that we want to highlight here is one that has just gone and adopted the use of weird domain extensions, and it's TriCast, which you can find at trica.st. So T R Y C A dot S T. Yeah, they did that. Uh, the general idea of what you can do with Trica, or is it? Oh, wait, sorry, it's TriCast, is you can do record, edit, publish. And of course, with the publishing, there is actually some hosting ability and some analytics with it as well. They offer a one month free trial. So there you go. They ousted the competition by an extra 16 days, but you get a one month free trial. And then there's a $10 hobby per month price, which gives you 10 hours of recording time. And if you want to go to the pro tier, it's 30 bucks a month with a hundred hours of recording time. There is multi-track recording possible. It's locally recorded and then uploaded. And there is not lossless file format options. It goes directly into MP3 as far as we could tell. We couldn't find a way or any listing in there about recording to WAVE. 
It looks like at this time, from what we can tell, it's only MP3. Of course, if anybody wants to correct us, let us know, and we will amend that in the future, but we did take a look. The limit on participants is four. Again, one host and three, yes. And you can do this through PC or Mac, but not on mobile at this time. The backups, there is audio that is always loaded to the cloud. And then to download tracks, it looks like you have to have them emailed to you, which will give you an MP3 link. That is in case that you need to get a backup. They, you, you can work through them. They said that they always record it back to their server and that if you need a backup, like it's downloaded, has failed to you or the recording has failed locally, they always have the file on hand. Just work through them, email them, and then they will email you a link to the file. You've also got the possibility to sync to a Dropbox link. At the moment, there's no video if you're looking for that, but there is a raise your hand button when you're recording, which can be very helpful to help stop the over-talking. I think those are some of the features that people really do take for granted when they do video shows or communicate video every week. If you're just doing audio people, it's a whole other game, and so raise hand button can help with that. And when you do stop, the audio needs to finish updating first uh, before you can access it. it Got to load up to the cloud in order for you to download it because it is recorded locally to your guests or your co-host computer. Another application which I briefly looked into, honestly, I didn't look into it a lot, is, is Zoom.us. And this is really a video teleconferencing sort of uh, capability. It has some different tiers and more of the capabilities will come out when I talk about the tiers. So there's a basic tier, which is free, and it does have a 40 minute limit on group meetings. You can have 100 participants in the meeting, but I think it's just one person broadcasting and then hundred people watching it basically. So that's for free. There is an unlimited number of meetings, so you can continue to broadcast over and over and then record that. And when you record it, it comes out as an MP4 recording. The pro level is $14.99 a month US. It has a 24-hour meeting limit, to be honest with you, unless you're live streaming for some sort of uh, event. I don't think you're going to need more than 24 hours. There is a limit of one gigabyte of storage of the MP4 recordings on the pro plan. And once again, you can have a hundred participants for $19.99. So for $5 more, you can have a hundred participants in each stream plus 10 hosts. And that means you can have different hosts talking back and forth. So for most of what we would do on the Giddy Geek Network, I would think you'd need a business plan to do that. Once again, you only get the MP4 recording, which is just it might be a stereo recording, but it's not going to be separated. So you're going to have everybody on the same track. There is an enterprise level that was noted at the 1999 level, but then there was a button that said contact sales. So I think they just put the 1999 up there to say that it was going to cost some money and you can have up to 50 hosts and 1000 participants, but I'm guessing you're going to pay more than 1999 for that. So that is zoom.us. Uh, for the purposes of all the other options up there, just because it's the single track recording and then you have limits on just one host for the lower plans, I, I don't want to recommend this as one that I would stake 
my foot in the ground and say, hobby podcasters should use this. But if you really wanted to do the video streaming, maybe this is an option that you would look forward to do. Now, Stephen, the next one we're going to talk about is a completely free option, and that means some, there's some drawbacks to it. But I want to ask you before I talk about it, have you ever used the Discord Craig bot to record a conversation? I have not, but I've had a few conversations with some people who have. And essentially what this is, is for those of you who haven't heard us yelling at you, I mean, suggesting that you check out our Discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Discord is an online chat service, but there's also some video and audio conferencing capabilities built into that. And the thing with Discord is you can hook in different what's called bots. And these bots can do a variety of different things. And somebody has built a bot called the Craigbot, which is going to kind of allow you to do this online recording. The Craigbot bot was created by Yaweasel, and it's an open source bot, which could mean we might end up seeing a Daniel Craig bot and then a Piers Brosnan bot. We don't know. We don't know. There could be all sorts of spinoffs that come from this Craigbot because it's open source. And because it's open source, the cost is also free. There is multi-track recording in the Craigbot, and you also have an option of going single track. There is lossless file format possibilities, including FLAC, WAVE, and AAC. The recordings can be up to six hours, and they're available for seven days. Reliability-wise, we have heard of some issues. We, I think, had a How I Saved My Podcast story about it uh, many, many moons ago. But overall, we've heard a lot of podcasters who have said they've adopted this into their Discord server, and it's been working for them. It's free, though, and it's open source, so there's probably going to be some more issues, but who knows uh, where it could lead with other people possibly adopting it. The Discord Craigbot, one thing that I want to caveat before we go on to the next one is because it does hook into Discord, it's going to be another level of complexity because now you have to figure out Discord and managing of Discord as well. As far as the mobile applications for the discord craig bot recording go yes i know that you can connect through the uh, voice chat basically but i don't think you can activate the craig bot from your mobile i could be mistaken about that if you use discord craig to record your conversations and you've successfully activated the recording on a mobile device please let me know because what I was experiencing through my iPhone is that I could be in the voice chat, but I couldn't be in the actual chat in order to activate the credit. There's a command that you have to throw in there to activate it. And I could not do it through my iPhone. I don't know if you can do it through Android or maybe I just wasn't doing it correctly on iOS. So if you have differing, because I know a lot of our listeners do use the Craig bot in discord. If you have been able to do that, please let us know and we'll talk about it in a future episode. The last true audio online recording service that I'm going to talk about is Ringer. This was really popular a few years ago because people were asking, how do I connect to somebody on my mobile device and record it? And Ringer is the constant option that I bring up for that. There is a basic plan that's $7.99 US a month or $79.99 a year. There's also a premium recording uh, plan at the $18.99 a month or $189.99 per year. 
This does give you individual tracks on a multi-track recording. I think it's limited to two participants though. So if you have a podcast with three or four people in it, you're going to run into that issue. Also, you're going to have uh, at the lower basic level, you're limited to 22 kilohertz bit rate. That's going to be a bit Skypey sound, uh, a little bit more than a bit. That's going to be a lot of Skypey sound. It's going to be less than Skypey sound. Let's be clear about that. The premium plan does take you up to the 44 kilohertz bit rate. So that's normal CD quality there. But 22 kilobit is or 22 kilohertz bit rate is going to be degraded audio for sure. Uh, yes, you can definitely do it on mobile. That's one of the advantages of Ringer. Yes, you can also do it on your desktop. There's all unlimited storage and also when stop. And I don't know if this is true of the mobile application, but when stop, the audio needs to update before you or upload before you can actually download it or close out the application. So you have to wait for it to upload. And I'm not sure if that's true with the mobile application or not, but I know if you do it through a desktop application, that definitely is. There is a couple other services that I just want to briefly mention. One we mentioned in episode 69, it's called Mumble. I have used Mumble before, as I mentioned in episode 69, it was terrible experience. It is supposed to be for gamers. It's like Discord really bad because it was supposed to be for video gamers back in the day that they could connect and do chat, not through their gaming service, but you have to download a client in order to do it. And it screwed all the drivers at that point in time. I have no idea if it's in, been improved since we talked about it last time, but it messed up the drivers on my computer so bad that I had to do a fresh install of my operating system in order to get my computer to operate normally enough so I could podcast again. And another podcaster, my co-host at the time, Sean on Voices of Defiance, also had to do the same thing. We both ran into the same problem, so it wasn't just me. So I don't usually recommend it because you can get all that functionality through Discord at a much more reliable way now. Uh, two ways that are not ways to connect, but I know that you can use to record audio or voice meter on the PC and audio hijack on the Mac, but we're not going to go into them in, in this particular episode. And again, I want to footstop this because we've done so many stories on it over the past couple of years on better podcasting. We do not recommend Zencaster based on all of the trouble that we've noted of people talking to us through audio drift in better podcasting and that we've seen just state even recently state issues on Discord or not Discord, but Reddit. There have been even Stephen, I keep sending these to you. I mean, it's like every month there's two or three that come up and like, uh, what do I do about the audio drift on Zencaster? And I just want to type back, don't use Zencaster, but they continue to use Zencaster. There are other options, clean feed cast, squad cast, no audio drift there might be a little bit pricier, but it's at least a stable audio connection. So yeah, those are the services and everything that we know to date about online audio recording services. And I just, before we get off of this, want to highlight that today we've talking about audio-based multi-participant recording services because really we wanted to keep it simple. There are several other options available if you're willing to do a little bit more work and maybe it's something like take a posted Facebook live recording and run it through a converter to get the audio or using something like OBS to stream to a platform, but also record. 
there are a lot of other options available, but we wanted to stay today with those online services, those one-stop shop type of situations, because really we are trying to make it as easy as possible for you as the hobby podcaster. Perhaps in the future, we'll end up visiting some of these other options in a different episode, but that's going to go ahead and do it for today's featured topic. Let's go ahead and find out what you had to say about your podcast this week. Let's kick it off with an email that we got from a Kent who sent us an email and it was awesome. I was so happy to see this Kent uh, because SP just did a whole bunch of reading out right now. I'll go ahead and give the courtesy to him to go ahead and read out your email. I know you why you want me to do this and it, it just uh, FYI, it's going to hurt a little bit. <laughs> it's going to hurt a lot on the inside. So Kent, you said, quote, I just listened to last week's episode and thought that I'd share two interesting items about the Boz Lerman song. In one of the great internet infamy stories, not quite as big as the Neiman Marcus cookie recipe, but big nonetheless, the lyrics were supposedly written by Kurt Vonnegut when he gave a commencement speech to MIT. He never wrote it or gave that speech. Instead, it was written by Chicago Tribune columnist and Brenda Starr cartoonist Mary Schmiz. For one of her Tribune columns for the speech, she would give if she were asked to give a commencement speech. More funny is the satire or the takeoff of the song. First, Google and listen to the Boz Lerman song. Then Google and listen to the Chris Rock champagne room, but not with children around or while drinking beverages. So, yay, somebody got my Baz Luhrmann reference. Woohoo! Uh, it's not often that people get my obscure pop culture references that I make on this show, which are highly, highly unrelated to the show. But thank you very much, Kent O. I do appreciate that. And you and me, we're friends now. We're friends. And a little bit of me died inside <laughs> reading that. Over on Facebook, I posted a question saying, do you use any online service to connect with your co-host slash guests? If so, which one? And we had the wonderful from the Transmissions podcast, Jeremy Dennis, say we use Discord for most of our show and Skype for a small YouTube segment. Thank you very much, Jeremy. We do greatly appreciate that. By the way, speaking of friends, Jeremy and I are friends. We're Facebook friends. Uh, yeah, flaunt the Facebook in front of the SP. That's great. <laughs> we also ran a poll over on Twitter about which recording services that you use and asked for you to reply to us in case that you did not fit one of the three options that were given. And Sunshine and Powercast replied, and she said, I've been a guest where clean feed was used. It sounded great. Diamy Plocky responded and said, we connect in Skype and let it record as a backup. The two responses that we got that were votes were there were two votes for clean feed, one vote for Discord Craigbot, and one vote for other reply with service used. So not one of our more popular polls, but uh, that was a little bit of background into it. Now, over on Discord, we had the Liberty dude and he this is the great thing about our Discord server, by the way, is that when a deal comes along. We have members who come in and say, hey, there's this great deal going on. And the Liberty Dude posted this deal about Isotope, a bundle, the music bundle that was on, sa on sale for an insane 
little amount because it's normally like what a three hundred dollar bundle or something like that, and it was just like eleven bucks. It wasn't eleven bucks. No, this this one was forty nine dollars. There was a couple of Isotope deals that actually went on this past week, but the music bundle was forty nine bucks, and that includes RX elements, neutron elements, nectar elements, ozone elements, trash two, which is super awesome if you want to start your great maple syrup Canadian metal cover band, uh, DGLY and Mobius filter. So those last three are largely for music, but I've heard a few other podcasters talk about bringing some of those other elements bundles or elements into their production workflow for podcasting. So uh, I ended up buying this. I'll admit it. I, I don't I, I don't know. I'm, I'm ready to recommend any of these except for RX elements yet because I've tried the trials before, but for 49 bucks, I thought, okay, it's a good steal of a deal. This will allow me to really be able to report back on it on this show later. Well, I'm sorry. It wasn't 11 US dollars. It was 11 SP cryptocurrency dollars. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The other thing that I do want to mention as well, though, was earlier in the week, there was another deal on just RX Elements, which was about 10 bucks, which is another deal as well. That one's come up a few times in the last uh, year. I think it was through BSW, I think. But uh, anyways, that's we're always happy to to help people have an avenue to share these deals and help other podcasters save a little bit of money. Just make sure you're actually wanting them for a reason. Don't just buy things because they're a deal because you will definitely go broke saving money that way. We also had Waffles on Discord and he popped up and he said, is it possible to have too many backups? I was like, I was reading this going, what? I, I Are you really asking this, Chris? He was asking, is it possible to have too many? No, of course not. No, it's not possible to have too many backups. There is a very good reason why we go nuts over as many backups as we do. And honestly, we're not we're not perfect. It, a disaster could happen and it could take a significant part of our storage out and we'd have to deal with that. But as far as recording, no, uh, get as many recording backups as you can possibly get with uh, as little effort and cost as possible, because yes, there will come a day where you're going to need those backups. And lastly, we had Jonathan Bloom say, if you need any advice on Squadcast for tomorrow's show, used it since October every week. And then SP had some questions and Jonathan Bloom's summary of his answer was, uh, I like how easy it is to get multi-track audio from guests. They just join the session, I record, then the audio gets uploaded as we record. And afterwards, I download and add it to my editor. I also use the video in XSplit. So there's one person who is definitely saying that they like Squadcast. If you've had any experience with anything that we've mentioned today or any other online audio recording services, please get in touch with us through any of the ways. We would love to share your feedback with the rest of the audience in a future Better Podback segment. You can go ahead and reach us on our Discord at betterpodcasting.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash betterpodcasting. Tweet us! at BetterPod, or if you want to go ahead and send us an audio or video clip, email it to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We'd love to have video because we do have a live video stream that we do stream live on Wednesdays at 8 o'clock Eastern time, but that also ends up being edited and turned into a full video companion at betterpodcasting.com. SP, 
Before we go, I just want to go ahead and acknowledge right now that you did a lot of research for this show, and I do sincerely appreciate that. For those who didn't come to our live stream last week, I outlined a crazy, crazy week that I had behind me that is now behind me, but I did have this past week. And I just wanted to go ahead and acknowledge right now all of the hard work that SP did because you did a good job of making, uh, digging into all of these different services and finding all the answers. So thank you very much, SP. Well, you're very welcome. And thank you very much for acknowledging that. Although I will say that we do this because we want to make sure that you, our listener, have the tools that you need, the knowledge that you need in order to make the show as best as you possibly can to make your podcast better. And we do it for the love of podcasting. So it, it's for people like I mentioned the phenomenon podcast earlier in the episode. It's for people like that. It's for people like you. You're listening to right now. And it's for people like our brand new podcast on the GunnaGeek.com network, The Crash Couch. If you're interested in The Expanse, which is a great sci-fi series that was on the Skiffy channel and now is on Amazon Prime, you can check out all of the great things that they have to say about it at GunnaGeek.com. Once again, that is The Crash Couch podcast, brand new to the GunnaGeek.com network. Awesome. So for episode number 187 of Better Podcasting, I'm Stephen John Drew saying during this show, Johnny Pennington emailed us with five words. It said Sean Connery is James Bond. <laughs> Sean Connery is definitely James Bond. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Bye. See ya. for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.